Welcome to this episode of the Public Circle Podcast. My name is Adam Olson, member of the Legislative Assembly for Saanich North and the Islands. In this episode, I reconnect with an old friend, Paul Holmes. We've known each other now for a few years, and I've had the opportunity to be on his podcast, The John, Paul, and Mike Show. He co-hosts that podcast with another previous guest of mine and our mutual friend, John Jurisic. Paul is the co-founder of The Social Media Camp, and when I published a blog post called Cue the Outrage, which you can search for on my blog, adamolsonmla.ca, Paul reached out to me through Facebook Messenger to uh, respond to that blog post. We had a brief exchange, and then I invited him to come on the podcast. As the co-founder of Canada's largest social media conference, Paul is an early adopter of social media and has been part of the discussion for the past decade in our country. Social Media Camp 2019 is just around the corner, so check out socialmediacamp.ca for more information about that. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Paul Holmes. Okay, so Paul Holmes is is what? Uh, well, <laughs> it's who? I'm a, I, I, uh, what are you? A bunch of things. Um, so I, I'm a technology guy. I've been working in technology my entire adult life. Uh, and I run a, uh, uh, co-produce a conference in Victoria called Social Media Camp. Right. This is our 10th year coming up uh, on April 25th, 26th. Um, and, uh, and so I think a lot about technology, yeah. uh, not just in my day-to-day work, but also um, the cultural and societal impacts. And uh, obviously think about things like marketing. I've peripherally been in marketing businesses throughout my career. Uh, and... Um, we have a lot of big problems in in social media, in digital media, yeah. you know, more broadly, and and we're seeing a lot of the cultural impact of that right now. And I and I think it's I think it's bad, and we need to we need to find ways to solve these problems. Um, and I I feel very strongly that um, some of that is going to be you know regulation. Some of that is going to be companies just having, you know, negative consequences if they don't deal with it. I also think, uh, though, that we as consumers and contributors of digital media, all of us, have a responsibility as well. And, you know, if I was to sort of wave a flag as to, uh, you know, what I think, um, you know, how I would envision myself being out there is really just shining a mirror on everybody and saying, you know, if you think there's a problem... Um, you know, with social media, um, don't be part of the problem. And it's not to say quit Facebook like um, the mayor of Victoria did, right? It's not to, and, and maybe for some people it is, right? Um, but um, it's to say be part of solving the problem. And I, and we've had, the game has been stacked against us. We know this now, you know, that some of the some of the stuff that's come out about, you know, the Facebook algorithm and how they've been manipulating um, behaviors. And, you know, there's there's all co- sorts of terrible stuff. But at the, end of the, at the end of the day, we're all individuals. We're all going to make individual choices, right? We can choose to be good, fair people, or we can choose to be toxic, awful people. And I really think that most people would choose to be fair, reasonable people, Unfortunately, what's happened, I think, with a lot of these platforms, in particular um, Facebook and, and Twitter, 
is the toxic people ha- have the loudest microphone and are and the normal people are saying I don't need this. Right. So so you get one kind of conversation going on there. I mean, so there, well, well you get two. Yeah. You, you know, in the political realm, you get two. You get, you know, you're an evil Nazi because you're on the other side and you're an evil Nazi because you're on the other side. And it doesn't matter anymore which side. They're both both sides and uh, you know you'd be accused of both sidesism now is a thing right but you know there are bad actors all over the political spectrum there are toxic people all over the political spectrum and um, and I and and for my part I, I, I sort of fashion myself politically as a, a libertarian conservative um, so I don't spend a lot of time yelling at people on the on the left and saying, you're a bad person, blah, 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 blah. I spend my time focusing on people on my side and saying to those people, hey, this is not helping. You're not helping by being a toxic, terrible person or calling that person names. You're not helping your side. You're not helping to make the world a better place. You're not helping to build understanding. You're not helping the cause that you're talking about, whether that, you know, whatever that happens to be. Because it doesn't. All it does when you're when you turn into a toxic, terrible person, all it does to the people on the other side is it causes them to harden their positions because now not only do they believe what they believed in the first place, but they know that the people on the other side are all jerks. But there are no sides. Well, there there's we've there's created, a bunch. I mean, the isms, <laughs> the isms that we've created, are there there are constructs. Yep. They don't exist outside of our own imagination they, and our own creation of them. But that is, I mean. They, and that's how, fair enough, that, but they still exist. They exist because we've created them, right? Right, but... but <laughs> we but, still have the consequences of their existence, whether, whether they're a social construct or not. And this is, and, and I think, and we talk a lot... Well, of, but, but my point in yeah. this, though, yeah. my point is that just as, we've, just as we've created these things, we can, just as we've constructed them, we can deconstruct Hopefully, them. Hopefully, yeah. And we are choosing to not deconstruct them. Sure. So yeah. just in the in the in the point that you're making there about talking to your side not you know yeah. and and you and I have remarkably had an ongoing conversation for a number of years yeah. where we actually don't talk about you and I have different opinions on lots of things I'm sure. Yeah. We spend very little time talking about them. We spend most of our time talking about the things that interest us yeah. collectively. Yeah. And we spend most of our time in that space. And you know what? We create a pretty cool space. I think so. To have that conversation, right? <laughs> yeah. So I think that when, you know, and I And that's hear, the thing, right? It's, it's having, having a conversation is what, we, is what people need to get back to, right? right? And you can't, and, and on Facebook at the moment or Twitter at the moment, you can't do that. Well, but they're, cre- so they're, they're created these, and these are, bubbles, these right? are But no, these are tools that were developed to have conversations, Right. And you can't do it because if you put yourself out there with a contrary opinion, all you're doing is soliciting um, uh, abuse. That's all you're doing. Right. Right. And especially and I, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a politician. Um, I can I can only imagine the abuse that a, that a typical politician that puts themselves out there is going to get. I, you know what? Initially, I was initially I was super sensitive to it. Yeah. To the point where I withdrew from Twitter. Sure. I couldn't handle it. Facebook was was nicer, a nicer atm- uh, environment to be in. Sure. Twitter was just toxic. Yeah. So I just withdrew from it and used it basically as a publishing platform to distribute my material. Right. And I and I didn't get into 
Now, what's interesting, maybe it's just my confidence in myself or my confidence in the, in the role that I'm in. I kind of, I, I look at the, the toxicity that's coming back, you know, the insanity that comes back as kind of a feather in my cap. It's like, hey, you know, you're having an impact if these people are. <laughs> so, you know, it. But there's it, a big danger there, right? Because, because, because there's. You know, we talk about filter bubbles, right? Yeah. So you're going to have all your supporters, no matter what you say, they're going to say, woo, yeah, way to go. Thumbs up. Yeah, right? yeah five or six likes or <laughs> retweets or whatever. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, you, have the, you yeah. have the people that are your in your circle, right? And and those those people will always say thumbs up, right? Unless, you're, unless you're way off the script, right? Then you have the, uh, the abusive counter people that their entire thing is to come to you and say, you know, call you names, whatever, right? Yeah. You know, denigrate you, denigrate you, you know, you know, insult your intelligence, whatever. You know, you there's a long list of things that you could do. None of which, in my opinion, win arguments. Just they're just about abusing people, right? Yeah. Um, and so, and so that that. But my point is that also reinforces your opinion, right? In the in a different way. You're exactly. They, and there's lots of yeah. studies around this actually. And so how do you get out of your your filter bubble and have real conversations with real people who disagree with you on policy points? Um, you know, and, and so you can have understanding like what is the other point? When I have a conversation with I have a 13-year-old son and when I have conversations with him about politics, no matter what the issue is, no matter what his opinion is, I always take the other side. Always, like devil's and, advocate, and 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 the reason I and I make the most impassioned possible, um, even if I completely disagree with what what it is I'm stand, I'm I'm counter arguing, I do that because um, it's important I think for people to understand that there's always two sides, there's always multiple sides, and those are legitimate opinions, and we've we've we're in a culture now where every opinion is being delegitimized by other people. Ultimately, it all comes back to just demonizing the other side. That, you know, where's the real conversation happening? And that's the thing that's missing in, in social media. And here's the real tragedy. It's not just missing in social media. It used to be there. Yeah, they've when, taken it away. When social media was a thing, when it first started, man, I remember how excited I was when I sent out my first tweet. I remember the feeling of like, wow, this is going to revel. This is going to change the world. The world is going, you know, the impact of this. And we saw in the early days, we saw revolutions in countries where people were meeting on Twitter. You know, instant news. You know, would just fly around the world, and uh, you know, it was an incredible time. It was a, it was an absolutely incredible time. And and to, when you have that conversation with people now who maybe they got on Twitter six years ago, went on it for a couple of days and went, Ugh, and then never logged in again, right? Um, how, are, how are they supposed to understand the real promise of this technology when it's become this disgusting cesspool in many, in many cases that it's become today? And, um, and I, I don't have all the answers for that, but I think part of the answer is for all of us to just recognize that you know, we live in an imperfect world filled with imperfect people, filled with lots of crazy ideas, um, and um, and we can all have polite conversations about it. So part of this 
the the reason why we're sitting here today with the recording gear capturing this conversation is because um, well, as you said, you run social media camp here in Victoria. It's been going on for 10 years. It might have been one of the first social media, like, I mean, it goes back to the beginning of social media, mm-hmm. really. I mean, you, well, depends on how you define social media, but yeah, it, it, 20, I mean, 2010 was our first year. So, right. So the, yeah. the big ones anyway, yeah. it's been going for a couple of years and, yeah. and, and, uh, you guys caught on to that, but so we've been having, uh, I've been ha- let me start this over again. I've been having this this kind of ongoing dialogue with myself about my relationship to social media. As we and all should. Back in the fall, I uh, listened to so I was I was listening to um, Social Media Marketing World mm-hmm. or that no, it's not Social Media Marketing World. It's Social Media Marketing. Michael Stelzner. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm yeah. sure you're familiar with him. Yeah, he runs Social Media Marketing World. That's right. Yeah, they're, That's his... they're sort of a counter, um, uh, well, not a counter, but a, um, a similar conference to the one we run here in Victoria. Right. Only in San Diego. And massive. And and it's huge. It's it, Yeah, it's usually like four times the size. Yeah. yeah but we're Canada's so, largest. That's right. <laughs> and not to diminish what you're doing, but, but he's got this podcast, yeah. and I was listening to I should say, podcast. sorry, if, if I can just say, sure. his his conference is primarily focused on marketing, where ours is social media in a general sense. Right. Uh, obviously, marketing is a huge part of that, but we 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 fray the edges as well. Sorry, go ahead. Gotcha. No worries. So, um, as a, I think this bears. You were listening to, to his podcast. No, I'm going to go back a little bit further okay, sure. than that. Yeah. So, um, I started in media back in 2003. 2004 at uh, Camosun College at their applied communication program. And so it's not too far of a shot for me to get behind a microphone. I was on Village 900 a bunch. I loved it, the mm-hmm. radio station there. Yeah. Uh, I got behind the video camera. I design, you know, designing websites. It really stripped away any fear that I had with, with digital, no matter what it was, publishing, whatever, however. Yeah. The tools, it demystified the tools for me, and, and I loved it. And so, um, you know, I went off and worked in communications, public relations with a bunch of different uh, people and groups in the city. And then I ran for politics. Mm-hmm. And at the same time as I was running for politics in 2008 was at the very beginning of Facebook and Twitter. Yeah. In fact, I looked at these tools and I thought, man, this is going like for my little campaign in, San- in, uh, in Central Saanich, right, where you need 2,500 votes. And I've got all my friends, and they've got they're my friends' parents and grandparents still live in Central Saanich. Many of them who've moved off, you know, their families are still there. This is going to be brilliant, right? Mm-hmm. So I opened up accounts. I jumped in two two feet, and this was back when you were actually reconnecting. It was like a it was like a big high school reunion. Yeah. Online. Yeah. yeah. Right. And it was all it the was, all the people I wanted to forget about, but. <laughs> Well, <laughs> you figure out where, you know, where they're at. And actually, and where, I, I've reconnected with some people on, that's right. uh, from high school that I'm actually very good friends with. But that's right. And you figure by out By and where large, my high school experience wasn't a positive one. So Fair I, didn't, I didn't care about that <laughs> as much. Fair enough. <laughs> but, but definitely that was a thing. Yeah. And what I was doing, I was connecting with those people because I was using this tool as a politician. Right. On the very, very front end of this. Um, and, and my accounts t- to this day still have as artifacts in my accounts mm-hmm. are those initial relationships that I reconnected with online. Yeah. And those people, you know, I was having conversations with them and they were telling their parents, 
Adams running in Central Saanich, you should vote for him. Mm-hmm. And I did. I got, I got elected. Yep. And so I've used social media consistently in the 10 years that I've been in politics. I grew up in a social media, a pol- politicized social media world mm-hmm. uh, in politics. And um, like many people who are my age uh, are very thankful that social media did not exist in my 20s. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, all of the things that the millennial p- politician coming up has to deal with, all the tweets, just the millennials, all the YouTubes, period. all the whatever. That's yeah. right. Yeah. All, um, the, all the middle school cringe photos, you know, that you're, exactly you right. regret by high school and then become nostalgic about 10 years after that. So That's right. So, <laughs> um, so there's a, a little snapshot of, of where I've come from. So... I used it extensively in my two municipal campaigns. I used it extensively in the time between the, my 2013 and 2017 provincial campaigns. Um, continued to build social me- pow- pretty powerful social media networks. If you take a look at my colleagues here, I'm in the top five, I think, in terms of you know, the metrics that people who are you know, in look at and go, wow, you got a lot of likes, you got a lot of follows, you got a lot of whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a lot of slow social clout, yeah. Uh, and I and I've worked. It's been work, and I got sure. there. Yeah. And so I am starting to look at my, at the responses, at the engagements, you know. And I'm and I'm and I'm listening to podcasts, and I'm reading articles about how to optimize my social, my social game, right? How to up my social game, and uh, and I'm really focused on the engagements and getting people engaged and I'm and I'm starting to get get into this trap where I'm looking at other people and going why are their videos getting a lot more views why can't I get as many subscribers to my YouTube channel why aren't people paying attention why don't pe- why don't people care about my uh, about my YouTube channel why do my videos only get 1300 views where so and so's videos get 10,000 views right mm-hmm. and so I'm now getting caught up in this. I'm getting bogged down, actually, in the looking at the numbers, the metrics of, of social. And, and, and so I'm listening to these podcasts, and then I get to this podcast with uh, Seth Godin, and he, he's on uh, the social media marketing podcast with Michael Stelzner. Mm-hmm. And it changed my world. It completely changed my life. He talked about going from thinking about big audiences to the smallest possible audience that can make a difference. Right. He started to talk about not worrying about the numbers, but rather just doing it. Oh yeah. Just publishing. I've been saying for years, numbers are numbers are easy. Number you can game everything. I actually I made a fake um, my crappy ebook um, right. yeah, on yeah. my on my blog in um, twenty eleven about how to get to 10,000 followers on Twitter. You can go follow that formula today. It works just fine. Gets you you want to get 10,000 followers? No problem. All it takes some work. If you, you, know, you can buy them, but then there's garbage. If you want to get 10,000 actual legitimate right. followers, um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a very simple process to do that. You go and follow people. Some of them follow you back. Some don't. You unfollow the people that don't. You follow other people. Eventually, you'll get to 10,000 followers. Is that... And I did that mostly as a, as an experiment in the right. early days. That's I have thirty thousand followers on on Twitter today, but honestly, you go and you look at my engagement; it's not very high because I don't I don't like it very much. I don't use it very much anymore. Right. Right. Um, 
I'll get probably lots of engagement next week at social media camp because yeah, right. I'll, you know the hashtag, right? But um, but my, my account, it's I, I just don't I, I've neglected it, right? And uh, and so the numbers mean nothing. The numbers literally mean nothing. People will come up and they'll be like, "Ooh, you you got thirty thousand followers on on Twitter. That's pretty good. That's amazing." And it's like, yeah, what what does that do for me? Like honestly, nothing, right? But in if, this, if in I was actually using it for something useful. Um, you know, in some constructive way. And this is, I think, to your point, right? You know, I, I was watching your video, your Facebook, I think it was Facebook Live video, when they were renaming the park um, or the mountain. Yeah, that, yeah. No, they weren't renaming it. Or they weren't renaming they it. They are now. They but are they named, weren't, yeah. 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 And I remember watching that. And, you know, was, I thought it was, very, I thought it was right. really interesting. But I remember also thinking to myself, this is only going to be really interesting to a certain group of people. That's correct. Right? Like, Nobody outside of, you know, British Columbia is going to nope. care one bit about any of this. And, and you know, the closer to home, the more it's going to matter, right? And and that and I thought it was great. On Saanich. On the Saanich but, Peninsula, but, probably only. Exactly, yeah. right? Well, and, and, and I, I live in Souk, but I, I thought it was, it was okay. interesting. It's timely, right? Um, it's, you know, it's the sort of thing, you know, that uh, obviously is part of our, you know, reconciliation Correct. process. So I, think, I think this sort of stuff has to be looked at you know, intelligently. Right. Um, so yeah, it's a, um, anyway, my, my point was, um, you know, with that video, you're not trying to get 10 million views. You're not trying to be PewDiePie, right? You're doing something constructive that you're reaching a specific audience about. And that's great. That's, and by the way, I did reach that audience. I, I saw because there's a bill that is in that folder right there on the desk. The one that I put my coffee the, cup on? That I, yeah, it's your coaster. <laughs> yeah. Let's look at that. That speech right there is to the is to the legislation that changes the name yeah. officially from... How ironic is that that folder is the one? Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, right there. You think I, was, I had looked before? No, there it is. That speech is they're changing the name of Dean Park to Clayton Dean, Dean right. Park, Dean John Park. Dean Park, right? Yeah. They listen to the kids. That video was actually not even designed to go far. That video was designed for a very specific reason. Yeah. I was at the school. I had the story. They had the story. They wanted it changed. And I know people upstairs are listening and watching my videos. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. But um, I think I think so. Just to just to put a wrap on it, and then and then talk briefly about about the podcast that I listened to, Sam Harris's podcast, yeah. and the blog post that got us connected. Yeah, See, yeah. it only took us 40 minutes to get here, but nonetheless, <laughs> we're here. The, <laughs> we should do this more what, often, you know. Anytime. <laughs> what I did was I decided back in the fall that I was going to, that I quit. I quit the metrics. I haven't looked at my social media metrics in months. I haven't looked in years. And what I did, and and, and I, I think I, I want to put this, I want to wrap this caveat around it. Yeah. This business that I'm in is all about pouring over detailed numbers, the data, mm-hmm. right? When it comes down to 1,500 votes here or there or 150 votes here or there, political parties are finely tuned to looking at the, minu- the minutia. Mm-hmm. The, and the metrics. Yeah. How can we, you know, squeeze a seat out of this area? Mm-hmm. You know, who do we talk to or who don't we talk to? So we're kind of geared this way. Yeah. And it took a bit to, to and, and because I've got this 10-year 10, 10 experience with this, it mm-hmm. took a bit for me to like wrap my head around not having my head wrapped around this. Yeah. So anyway, um, I decided I'm walking away from the numbers. 
all I'm going to, I'm going to, but I'm going to change, I'm going to change my approach to it. Social media is primarily just going to be a distribution. Like everyone's looking for how to distribute. I'm going to distribute through social media. That's good. I know that there's these filter bubbles, but nonetheless, I'm going to get this stuff out that way. Mm-hmm. And then if it's shareable, people are going to share it. And if it's readable, then people are going to read it. And if it's likable, then people will like it. Right. If not, whatever. I'm just going to continue to do it until. And what's been fascinating is when I stopped thinking about the numbers, they went up. When I stopped thinking about the engagement, How do you know? I thought you didn't check. Other people are checking for it. <laughs> okay. The, and so it's, it is a, it's a fascinating twist that, you know, and, and maybe it's just the case. You stop chasing and you, and you win, right? So anyway, I, I, think, I, think, I think it's what you care about, right? And we, we talked a little bit before the podcast about, you know, the media transforming themselves around Facebook's video yeah. policy and the video is the future. And then we all found out, you know, a year later that those stats were all not as not as helpful as they thought meanwhile entire business models were transformed and uh you know and and what have you done well you've chased numbers right i think i think primarily and it's fine to look at numbers i i don't i don't i mean i said i don't look at stats but i look at stats around my business right, right. I, I don't look at my personal stats because i just don't don't care if people engage right. they engage great um you know i I'll post, the only time I care is when I post something I think is really, really intelligent or witty and nobody likes it. <laughs> well, I mean, I look That's at like, the, hey, come on. <laughs> I look at the numbers. Right. I don't spend any time looking at the That's numbers. That's right, yeah. I see the numbers. Yeah. The numbers are all there. And, I, and, and they're all, every single one of them is higher than when I cared. Yeah. And, and, that, and that's just consistently the truth. Yeah. And, and I used to do Facebook live videos. People know that. Yeah. I had the public circle live every Friday, 4.30 p.m. I was on Facebook. I mean, uh, public accountability for me and transparency is a big deal. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, and it's, it's, it's really important for me. And so I'm trying to use these tools and techniques to be able to be as available to people as I possibly can. I shut that down because it was just taking a lot of time and it was a lot of effort. And frankly, the numbers that you see, oh, Adam's latest Facebook Live video got 1,200 views. No, it didn't. Mm. Exactly like 1% of people were le- spending more than five seconds yeah. on it. Yeah. Th- that to me was... So what I decided to do is I, I looked at it and said, video's not portable. You can't do video... Well, you can't safely watch video while driving down the road. Yeah. You don't safely watch video on the bus. No. But a podcast, yeah. and so I changed it. It's now the Public Circle podcast, and nice. I did thirty episodes of Facebook Live. I'm now on. I think this is the ninth or the tenth episode of. I'm starting all over again from yeah. scratch, different format. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep trying, uh, but recognizing that the old radio format, the old audio format, is so much more portable. Mm-hmm. Um, you can build audiences around it. People can listen to it when it's when like I'm in the middle of a podcast that I've been in the middle of for a long time now. Yeah. It's like different different car trips, you know. I put it back on, and it's a three hour episode. It's crazy at long episode. Yeah. Not you know we're gonna do an eight hour episode today. Yeah. But everyone you know, stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> lots more to come. Next anyway, episode. So to the to the so to the point we I listened to to Sam Harris's podcast with um uh the what's his name roger uh, mcnamee yeah zuck the guy who wrote zuck yeah one of the first roger mcnamee is his name and he uh he was one of the one of the initial investors in facebook 
you know, talked about Google and, and it, and then I wrote a blog post about it. People can go to adamolsonmla.ca and check out the blog post it was, about it. It was, yeah, you're in, it's funny because I listened to that podcast. I wouldn't consider myself a big fan of Sam Harris, but yeah. uh, I'll check it out. And obviously it was topical. Um, and then I, I saw your post and I was like, oh, this is interesting. We both listened to, <laughs> we both had similar insights. Yeah. Um, maybe drew different conclusions, but had similar insights around, you know, Facebook. Um, and I don't know if I'm a fan of Sam Harris yet or not. Yeah. I'm intrigued. His podcast is very intriguing. Sure. It's got all sorts of wild stuff on it. Yeah. And the stuff around the digital <clears throat> technology and AI stuff, his his forays into religion and the social, I mean, the, the he's, he's a pretty controversial dude in that sense. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the stuff, this stuff uh, <clears throat> around the digital, what it's doing to our minds and what it's doing to us is... Yeah. Well, and, and, and Sam, Harris is, Sam Harris is an atheist. I'm right. not an atheist, right? Um, but I can still listen and appreciate, you know. Exactly. And isn't that sort of exactly where we're at in our culture today, where you know somebody, somebody's you know on on the left and somebody's on the right, and they cannot even sit in the same room, much less right. share a microphone or whatnot. And and we see this actually. Um, another podcast I I tend to listen to a little more often is Joe Rogan, yeah, the, for, the former. Um, um, He's not the former anything. He is like, still everything. I thought. Yeah, anyway. yeah. <laughs> very, very, and 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 I think he's an intelligent guy, but he's, he's very different. Like very yeah. different guy. Um, he uh, he br- he'll he'll bring on anybody. He brought on you know the very controversial Alex Jones, um, who yeah. is that you know um, Texas uh, oh, I know Alex, yeah. guy. Yeah, the the frog, gay frog meme. <laughs> Guy. Anyway, wasn't he the Pizzagate guy? Uh, I think I I don't know. I can't remember. Anyway, yeah, but he he was definitely the thing he got the thing that caused him to get banned from all the social platforms was um, he got behind some of the people that were saying that the Sandy Hook thing right. was staged, um, and that that obviously created a lot of outrage. That was I think the death knell for him on on a lot of these. Censorship's a whole other topic. We should talk about uh, another podcast because I have pretty strong feelings about censorship in, in general. Um, but uh, anyway, the my point is, he started bringing. He brought on Alex Jones. He, he'll bring on you know um, controversial people. He'll also bring on like people that aren't controversial. He just says, you know does these these podcasts and they're great. And there's just it's just kind of a conversation. It's a it's a mind flow. Thing it's you know usually pretty interesting, and there are now people that are calling him alt right because of the person he had in the room with him was labeled alt right, and therefore he must also be. I can't imagine what people are going to call me after having you. On I know, show. yeah. Like, it's gonna... <laughs> I mean, I, I, but I think, yeah. Well, and, and just I don't think I'm you... that controversial, but <laughs> no, you know. I'm just <laughs> But I think, but I'm trying to be more controversial. Yeah, please, come on! I'm trying to get some (laughs) listeners here. I'm trying to next next episode. I think I think the the uh, the post is called "Cue the Outrage." Mm -hmm. So if you want to go on my blog and check it out, "Cue the Outrage," because actually, this is you know um, one of the ways to get a lot of people listen to listen to the Public Circle podcast is for me to have someone on that's just outrageous. Yeah, that just pisses everybody off, makes them every, it makes everybody angry. And then it's like, oh, you, did you hear Adam's pod? Can you believe that a did that right? And now you get listeners. Yeah, it's a it's a crazy messed up world that we live in. That that is the thing that draws attention. Well, and the way he described it, you know, without giving too much away, you should definitely go read Adam's um, post on this. Um, was an, as an addiction. 
Right. Um, we get a, I don't know if you use the word addiction, but basically that was the, that was, it was conflated with addiction, you know, in a not so subtle way. Um, but basically like you wake up in the morning, you pick up your phone and you're like, Hey, I wonder what I'm supposed to be angry about today for my angry fix. And the, um, biological component of that is, um, you know, we get adrenaline rush, we get, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, um, and people, there are people who are literally addicted to anger. Um, and angry outrage. And, you know, we see this, we see the results of this on our social media feeds with these toxic posts. And it's, and it's, and it's, we sometimes, I I think almost everybody's guilty of getting drawn into that too, right? You know, oh, it makes me so angry today. You know, and we see some really extreme examples of like, like that kid with a, with a MAGA hat down in, in Washington who, uh, you know, was smirking and people got really mad about that. They, they're like, you know, like the next day celebrities were like saying they should burn down the school and, you know, all this sort of stuff. Right. And it turned out when the whole video came out like two days later that, you know, was he that the guy wasn't even really being that rude. He was just kind of awkward teenager guy. Right. And was he wearing a MAGA hat that's, you know, triggers, you know, everybody nowadays? Sure. Right. Mm-hmm. But that was probably his worst offense. <laughs> and so. And so, you know, you see stuff like this and you're just like, like that is a sort of extreme example of people just love to be angry about stuff. And we just need to, we just need to slow down. We just need to stop and say, you know, maybe we need to learn a little bit more about this issue before we share it. Sometimes it's wrong anyway. Um, and, And there is stuff in the world we should be outraged about. There, there are children dying of starvation in Yemen because of the civil war that's going on there. We should all be outraged about that, but we're not. We don't talk about that. We're outraged about Donald Trump's tweet, but we're not outraged about children dying in a civil war. Donald Trump Donald Trump's tweets are outrageous though. They are they are and but but he and but he's playing the game, right? Of course he Donald is. Trump is very successful because he he gets all of the attention that he wants. And so every time you share one of his tweets and, and an outraged opinion about it, which might be completely legitimate, you're amplifying Donald Trump. If, if your goal in life is to amplify Donald Trump, continue to do that. Ignore you, it and it will go. If your goal in life is to make the world a better place, why don't you focus on some of those? And you want to be angry? Focus on some of those issues about things that we can really make a difference about. Why don't, or, or better yet, why not share something positive? So we can make the world a bit of a more positive place. Or why not do like we're doing today and have a conversation with somebody you might otherwise disagree with on a lot of things and, you know, make a new friend, be civil, right? This is the kind of thing that we need more of if we're going to combat the toxicity. It's like it or not, social media is not going away. It's going to change. It's going to evolve everything else. We're part of the solution to make this technology um, work for the world and bring positive change to the world. And, uh, and if, if we're not, if we're not being part of the problem, if we're not being part of the solution, we are being part of the problem. You know, before you hit that post button, go ahead and type it. <laughs> That'll in uh, your notes, get app. it out, get it out, you know, but d- don't hit, don't hit post until you ask yourself the question, am I, am I, am I helping this situation by posting this? Right. Am I contributing in a positive way to better understanding, 
to, you know, and, and that's, you know, that's kind of my approach as much as I, I can. And I haven't always been this way and I won't, I won't be perfect about this, but I, I'm trying to be more mindful about the impact of what it is I post on social media. Um, you know, if, if I have a strong disagreement with somebody about some issue that they're posting about and I feel like challenging them, I'm going to do that in a, in a delicate way. I'm not going to do that by calling them names. You know, we see this. This is first to resort now is just calling, you know, just call the other person a fascist and you won. No, you didn't win. This, you know, all you did is you didn't give them that room for them to evolve, right? You know, and, and we see this a lot in, in history. Like, people people evolve, people change. It comes back to that, you know, the LGBTQ issue we talked about earlier. Uh, Obama was opposed to gay marriage. He was on the record opposed to gay marriage. Of course he was, because that was the, that was the winds of the, of the time, right? And um, his, and what he, you know, when he came out in favor of it, in the, you know later on, what did he say? Well, he said, you know, my opinion evolved. You know, if do you think his opinion would have would have evolved if all we did was huck, you know, mud at him and call him names and you know just be a jerk to him about that opinion? Less likely, right? There's actually a really great video. Um, there's that very controversial church um, down in this down in the states. It's the uh, I can't remember what it's called. It's um, it's the something Baptist church. They have they 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 go they protest people's funerals, um, with signs that say like God hates, you know, gay people colloquial. Right. Um, I don't know if you if you've heard yeah. of this group. Anyway, um, there's a TED talk of this woman who was involved with that. It's basically a hate group, right? That she was involved with this organization. She was actually the daughter of one of the leaders and stuff. And there's this, there's this really great TED Talk where she talks about growing up in that environment and having, you know, going and holding signs when she was like six years old with hateful messages on them and having all these people just point their finger and yell back. And and the, the space that put her in was, you know, I'm just standing here with my mom and my dad and people are hating me. And so therefore, you know, they must be the bad people and we must be the good people. Mm. Right. And... And it wasn't until, and she grew up this way, and she be, and into her adult life, she she kept these very hateful ideas and espoused them online. And what it took was a person one day approached her and and inquired in a very polite and friendly way, "Why do you feel that way? I'd love to have a conversation and and learn about why it is you feel that way, and you know understand that. I obviously disagree with you, but you know I want to I want to I want to know." And she got into a very lengthy conversation with this person who eventually sort of poked a few holes in a very polite way in, in, her, in what she had grown up with. And she came to a full realization that she was actually on the wrong side. But that didn't happen because people were being angry at her and, and throwing cursives her way. It, <laughs> cursives? I don't even know what that is. Um, it happened because somebody delicately... Um, dealt with her on a on a human to human level, um, and, and in essence became her friend and gained enough trust to be able to challenge her ideas in a in a in a logical, intelligent way, and she came full circle right out of it. And there's this fantastic TED talk about it. And as much as you hate this 
hate organization, it's hard not to appreciate the fact that this person was able to, you know, evolve from from literally the worst kind of person that we can imagine to, you know, just a, at least an ordinary everyday person. You know what I mean? And and that and what we're seeing all over the world right now is the exact opposite of that. We're seeing terrible people yelling terrible things at other terrible people. Positions are being hardened. Um, everybody's doubling and tripling down on on negativity. And I, I just feel like we need to stop. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Public Circle Podcast. To connect with Paul Holmes, you can find him on Twitter at TP Holmes. Social media camp is on April 25th and 26th at the Victoria Conference Centre in Victoria, BC. Check out socialmediacamp.ca for more information. You can find them on Twitter at socialmediacamp, S-O-C media camp, and hashtag SMCamp. Visit and subscribe to my blog at adamolsonmla.ca and you can contact my constituency office at 250-655-5600 or you can email me at adam.olson.mla at leg.bc.ca. Episodes of The Public Circle drop every Sunday. Please rate, promote, and share my podcast. So, until next time, Hayekwa. Hi,